Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. Talking about the power of God, I'll just make a few points. The power of God is available to every child of God. If you're a child of God, I tell you, even if you just gave your life to Christ this morning, the power of God is available to you. You have the power of God at your disposal. Luke 10 and verse 19, very popular scripture. Luke 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give unto you, it says, power, and he's talking about you, you in particular, every child of God. Jesus was speaking there. He says, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all, not some, over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have that power available to you. So number one, it's available to every child of God. Number two, it surpasses every other power. This power surpasses every other power. In Ephesians 1 and verse 19, Ephesians 1, 19. Ephesians 1, 19 talks about the unlimited, the exceeding greatness of God's power. It says there, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word? who believe according to the working of his mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. So we have this power that is exceeding in greatness and this power is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. This power surpasses every other power. Number three, this power resides on the inside of you. If you're a child of God, you have this power residing on your inside. I have it residing on me, in, inside me. So we have this power on the inside. Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do, to do what? Exceeding abundantly above. Let's do that together exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to what? According to the power that works where? In us. That power works in us. You have that power. That power works in you. That power works in me. We have that power working in us. There's a story I remembered when I was in, in the university and, you know, we, we are was a season where we are taught about the power of God, dunamis, that we have the power of God. And one night, I was the only one in this room. I had a room to myself, and um, I woke up in the middle of night because of a sharp pain on my forehead. So I woke up, and I'm wondering, what's, what is this? What's this pain? And then I saw that uh, my room was covered with soldier ants, full everywhere, soldier ants. So I jumped up. Because it was one actually that beat me on the head. So one beat me, and that's what, that's what woke me up. And I woke up to see my room. My room is full of soldier ants. So I jumped to the, I, there was no space, so I, I jumped quickly. I went to the door, and I stood at the door because they had taken over the whole space. I didn't even know where to start from. Where do you start from? Do you know, do you know how they do, have you experienced it before? You don't even know where to start from. And you need a lot of people to get this amount of soldier ants out. Then I remembered that I have the power that I have the power of God residing in me. So I stood and I looked at those soldier ants and I began to speak to them. I said, I, this, I said, I first of all took authority. I said, this is my space. 
this place belongs to me. And so I command you in the name of Jesus to get out of my room right now. Now I'm talking to thousands, I don't know how many, soldier ants. He said, I command you to get out of my room right now in Jesus' name. And I tell you, God is my witness. As I spoke, I looked at the, first, the last one. I saw that the last one turned around. And I'm, it was like a miracle. The last one turned around. Then they began to turn right before my eyes. I wish, those days I didn't have, you know, it was not, we didn't have this. I brought out my phone to show how it was happening. So they began to turn around. And I'm telling you, it was like they were speeding. They began to file out. They, came, they left the same way they came. And I just stood and I, till the last one left, I did not kill a single one. I did not chase one. They all left out and they left immediately. And that's how they, 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 they went out of my room. You know what happened? They also attacked my neighbor. So she came and she knocked on my door. Ah, Shade, they are so giants, they are so giants, so giants. So I opened my door. I said, they also came here. They said, where are they? I said, they've gone. How did you do it? I spoke to them. He said, please come and help me speak to them. <laughs> I said, no, this is my territory. I'm defending my territory. Go and speak. You're a child of God. Go and speak to them as well. Because she was, she brought out fire. She was doing a lot of things, trying to look for kerosene, trying to look for all sorts of things. But we have this power. And we need to realize that we have the power of God in us. Amen. We've got the power of God on the inside of God, in the inside of us. And we need to open our hearts to it and begin to see him work out, work out this power in us in our services. You will lay your hands on the sick and they will recover. Just be bold to do it as a child of God. Amen. So we've talked about his provision. We've talked about his power. And he said, there will be plenty of my presence as well. And this is the one that really excites me the most. That's why I put it last. Plenty of his presence. Because actually, I, I think it's the most important of the three. His presence. His presence is so important. Uh, his presence actually... When he manifests his presence, there will be an offshoot of, of, of the provision and an offshoot of his power just by his presence. We, actually, presence is the most important one because every other thing comes from his presence. That's why I hold this one so dear, his presence. And I, I believe God that we would, we would have, um, when we gather together, that, that will be, we will so much experience his presence that it will be almost palpable. We'll have palpable measures of his presence. It's like you can actually uh, feel, you feel his presence in the house, like a thick presence of God coming upon us in Jesus' name. His presence is so precious and we, we need to hold his, pres his presence as precious and as dear, very dear to us because his presence is so, is so great. There was a day we went to a car dealership that was just talking about the presence of God now. Uh, we, we went to a car dealership, and we are speaking with the attendant there. He was not the boss there, but he was just an attendant, and we began to ask him questions. So um, he was answering all our questions. He took his time. He was very interested. He was also telling us, okay, what do you want? Okay, well, these are the offers that we have right now. And everything was okay until something happened. So this man was speaking with us and answering all our questions. Then a lady arrived at the door. Maybe they had a date or something, I don't know. Do you know that the moment this woman arrived, and she just stood at the door, just peeped in and said, just to show I'm around, this guy switched off completely. 
he was no longer listening to us. He was no longer interested in what we wanted to say. He was no longer, he didn't even care whether we were interested also in what he was showing us. He just switched off completely and he was like, he was almost chasing us out of the place. And I'm like, don't you want us to, don't you want us to have it, to, 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 to seal this deal? No, he wasn't interested anymore. You know, he's not the boss, so he doesn't care. At the end of the day, he's still going to get his salary. <laughs> but this person that appeared just um, took over. And I, I saw that the presence of this lady was so important to him, was more important than anything else at that moment. And that's how we need to begin to treat the presence of God. The presence of God. The presence of God should be number one priority in our services. It's not the people, when you're coming home, you're not coming to meet any man. You're not coming to, you're coming to meet the most high God. Let him be number one. Anything that we are doing, all our singing, all our preparation, whatever we are doing, it's to meet his presence. It's to present him with something that he loves. It's to make this place comfortable for him. Like this man was doing everything to get us out so that she, he would get this woman in and make her comfortable. That's the way we need to treat the presence of God. The presence of God is so important. And actually, we carry his presence. We carry his presence. It's a privilege that we carry him. We just don't know what we carry. We don't know who we carry. It's a privilege that we carry him on our inside. It's an advantage that we carry him on our inside. We carry this treasure in earthen vessels, the Bible says. So let's talk about his presence this morning. Three things about his presence as we move on. The Lord wants to manifest his presence in our gatherings. And that's what he said. That when we, we just need to create that atmosphere for him. That atmosphere where he feels comfortable and he can come and manifest his presence in our services. So three things about his presence this morning. Number one thing, and please never forget it, his presence is not cheap. God's presence is not cheap at all. It's precious. The presence of God is so precious. It's, it's so precious. Number two, I'll just move on quickly. Number two. He honors those that honor him with his presence. If you honor the Lord, he would honor you with his presence. He honors those that honor him with his presence. We remember in 1 Samuel, I think it's 1 Samuel 2, um, it was God speaking through Samuel to Saul. And God said, look, I sent you on an errand and you disobeyed me. He said, I honor those that honor me. When you honor me, I honor you. But when you despise me, I will likely esteem you. When we honor the Lord, he honors us in return. And how does he honor us? He comes with the fullness of his presence. And I want us to come to that, 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 that place. You know, we've been saying it, and I just want to build on it a little bit more this, this morning or this afternoon, that we begin to honor, treat the Lord as special. Treat the Lord as very, very special. As we are seated in this service, if our former counselorin, if she should come in, into this room, there's a way we would all respond. We will try to get her the best seat. We will try to make her comfortable. We would announce that she's here. We would everything. We will just, you know, we, we, we would respect her presence. But somehow, somehow, we it's like we forget <laughs> that he's a great king, that he's a worthy king. Sometimes the praise and worship is going on, and people are just in at the back. I don't get it. We need to treat him as very special. He's a VIP. He's the VIP of the service. And we need to begin to host his presence more in a, in a delicate manner. 
in a delicate manner, in a conscious manner, we begin to host his presence. Are you with me, dear people of God, dear family? Let's talk to ourselves this morning. When David was going to bring the ark, the ark of the covenant, he was going to bring it to the city of David. He heard, they told him, Obededom is being blessed. The ark is blessing the house of Obededom. You know, the Bible says that God blessed, when the ark was placed in the, in the house of Obededom, Obededom and everything that pertained to him, everything was blessed. So the news got to David, and David was going to move the ark from Obed-Edom's house to, to the city of David. And so we see, he went and was going to bring, it, bring this ark, bring the presence of God in a special way. Let's go to, I just don't want to quote it, let's go to 2 Samuel 6. 2 Samuel 6 and verse 12. In verse 11, he blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And then in verse 12... We'll see him bringing the ark into the city. Let's just go to verse 13. And it says there, And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. This was not, he was not going to do it in a cheap way. He knew that we're not um, dealing with a cheap God. So what did they do? They got oxen. Everything they were going to sacrifice, they got it ready. And he will take six steps. He will take one, two, three, four, five, and six steps. And they will sacrifice oxen. And he will do some dances. And then he will take another six steps. And they will sacrifice oxen and dance. Can you imagine how it went on that day? I don't know how long they did it. I don't know how long he had to walk. But he was treating God as special as this very important person that I'm bringing, I was, it was like, let us carry the presence of God uh, in a very, very, let, let's honor him in an, in an honorable manner. Let's honor the presence of the Lord. And we'll see God being honored. In fact, let, let's just keep on reading. It says there in verse 14, that David danced before the Lord. How? With all his might. You know, sometimes we are doing praise and worship and some people are looking around. They are looking around or they are just too big to move their bodies. They are, or even, okay, you might not want to dance. You might not even know how to dance. But there's a way you say, God, I know you are important. You are important to me. And I just want to honor your presence. You might even close your eyes. You might even just bow in, in, in reverence. But this is not the kind of God that you, that you treat anyhow. And I want to, I'm begging everybody this morning, please let us honor the Lord. Let us honor the Lord in this house. We'll see David honoring the Lord. With every six steps, they sacrificed something. And they, and they did it before the Lord. And he just kept on doing that. Because he knew how big a God he was, he, he was serving. And we'll see the wife of David, Michael. She made a mistake. Because he was really dancing. This was the king of Israel. He didn't care about anybody. He didn't care about the young ladies. He didn't care about anybody looking at him. He was just dancing with all his might before the Lord. And the Bible says that she despised him in her heart. Because he was dancing. So she despised him in her heart. And because of that, the Bible records that she is the only barren woman that never gave birth to a child before she died. The only in the Bible. The only barren woman. She despised David for, for, for honoring God. Uh, that's a very wrong step to take. And so let's, let's learn to honor God. Let's learn to reverence him. Praise and worship time, please be focused on him. 
let any other thing that is troubling you just put aside. It's time for praise and worship. This is an honorable God. Let's, let's honor this God. Let's, let's lift him up. Let's worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Do you remember Solomon also? Solomon also, when he dedicated the temple, he actually sacrificed a thousand offerings. Showing that, look, this, is, this God is not cheap. A thousand offerings is what is rendered. Because he had learned the art of worship. He had learned it from his father. The art of worship. Let's learn to worship. Let's learn to worship God. Let's learn to love him. Let's love him. And you just start from somewhere. You might feel that, okay, I don't really know how. Start from somewhere. Start from somewhere. Say, God, it's my desire to love you. God, it's my desire to worship you. God, it's my desire to praise you. And when he sees your heart, you know what? Bible says, when you draw near, he just wants that response from you. He just wants, like Pastor was saying this morning, a yes. With your yes, he draws close and he draws you near to him. He just wants a yes from us. And are we going to say yes in this house? Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you for that. We are saying yes to this most high God. Last week was our, our wedding anniversary. Uh, 22nd <laughs> wedding anniversary. So uh, on that day, I just reflected. I reflected on how we met. And I remembered, I, I remembered the day that I saw him for the first time. So we were in the university, I was in 100 level, he was in 200 level, and he came to give, to give, an, assign, to give an announcement about um, a, a fellowship. And so when he came in, this was a hall full of about 200 students thereabouts, and he came in, and normally when, the, when anyone comes in, they will either, either boo the person or, or make fun of the person or... Just say something that will make the person get angry and go away. But when he came in, I noticed that the hall went quiet. So I'm like, oh, who commands such respect that everybody is keeping quiet and they are listening to him? And for some reason, my friend that sat beside me said, mm, he's too short, I can't marry him. And that's what, <laughs> that's what prompted the response in me. I said, I don't mind. <laughs> so that was just, I was just saying for the first time, I just loved the boldness. The boldness that I saw, that attracted me to him. And over time, we met, and um, it's, all, um, it's all history now. But one thing I, I, I noticed was that after a while, when we got close, I noticed that ah, as we started to get close, that any time I saw him, my heart would be beating faster. <laughs> you know what? I'd never experienced it before. Why is my heart beating like this? And of course, outside, I'm pretending as if I did not see him, but my heart is beating fast. I know, I, you know, as a lady, you have to make him chase you. You can't chase him. So it has to be, it has to be the other way around. It's not like these days that a woman will go and propose to a man. Is that normal? It's, it's beginning to get normal now. People are, people are doing it. But then in those days, we'll wait for the man to chase us. He's the one that does the chasing. Amen. Uh -huh. so, uh, so I was just, I was just crazy about him. I was just crazy. <laughs> and anything, it, I, if I just noticed that he wanted anything, I'll do it. So um, I wasn't using any makeup then, nothing. Just the normal white powder, and I was, I was okay with that. So he told me I should, why don't you just use a little, lip, a little lipstick? So it was one that, not that I'm using makeup, it's the one that cost it. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the one that cost it. And so I'll just do things to please him. 
And now it's, now, it's now 22 years. I know one thing about humans is that when you get close, you know, initially you're always trying to do everything to please the person. Now that you've, you've lived together for, it's now, we've known each other for 27 years. We had five years of friendship, 22 years of marriage. Now I've seen him, I've seen his weaknesses. He has seen me, he has seen my weaknesses. You know, the normal human tendency is to say, okay, it's just one. The things that you say, thank you. Um, you know, normally you maybe do something, you say thank you, just... Why should I say thank you? You know, there's just a tendency to begin to not to, not to appreciate that person. You start to, to not appreciating that person anymore. You don't appreciate the person like you used to. You don't, you are so used to the person. So it's this person that you now see every day. There's no big deal, you, you think. But we should never come to that point with our spouses. But I'm going to now say that with God. Never come to the point where you're so used to somebody, you know the person, you see the person, that you don't appreciate that person's presence anymore. And that's one thing that I think has happened in the church. We are so used to the pres to, to, to God. We are so used to his presence. We are so used to, oh, it's just worship. We'll finish in 15, sec in 15 minutes. So let's just, let's just worship. Let's just take it like that and let the time while away. Let's never get too acquainted with God's presence that we don't carry him with all. We don't stand in awe before him anymore. Let's begin to honor God's presence like never before. That is my plea with us this, my plea with us this morning. That we honor the presence of God. That we value his presence. That we love his presence. That we seek him. That we are hungry for him. That we thirst after him, that we go all after him with the whole of our hearts. We do that with human beings, but please never do that with God. Let's value, let's value the presence of the most high God. Let's value his presence. Amen. Let's never take his presence for granted. His presence should never be taken for granted. And that's my plea this morning. And this is the most, out of everything I've said this morning, this is the most important one to me. His presence, his presence. Let, let's be ardent followers of God, where we'll go up time with the whole, with the whole of our hearts. Now, when the praise worship leader is here and the, and, the, and the backups, actually, they are just a tool. We are just a tool in God's hands. We are not important. The person that we are lifting up is the important one, and I want you to see, see it that way. So sometimes, maybe what the praise worship leader is singing is not, um, it doesn't suit you, or you're thinking, what's this song? Look beyond that and look at the person that is being worshipped. Look at the reason why we are all gathered. And let that, let that be our focus, that we worship him in spirit and in truth, that, we, that, that he's our focus in every service, that everything we do is geared towards worshipping him. Amen. So I'll begin to round up. Actually, that's the most important thing, I've, and I've said it, and I'm so I'm happy right now, and I hope you got it. His presence is so precious. And he said he will bless us with plenty of his presence. That's why I'm preparing us. Actually, he's actually preparing us to host him, to welcome his presence in our services. And I just want us to come to that place where we are so sensitive to him. You know, you know like um, you are sensitive to maybe perfume. For instance, like, for instance, sometimes, you know, uh, my protocol people, they sit behind me. And sometimes when Sister Busola arrives... I don't, I don't look behind. I just smell her perfume. I just smell her perfume, and I know she's there. And even there was a perfume that you used, like some, some yes, <laughs> Taiwo. 
and I just and I just knew that okay, that style was perfume. And so when you arrive, I know it's you without looking behind. Let's be so sensitive that oh, his, you, when God comes into the house, like mm, we can smell our God. He's arrived. I want us to become so conscious, so so conscious of His presence, and that we treat His presence as very very important. Amen. So we're going to round up on the scripture in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles five. Second Chronicles 5. Is anyone going to ask Busola what kind of um, perfume she uses? <laughs> Second Chronicles 5 and verse 13. It says there, It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and singers were as one, they were united. Unity is so important. To make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. And in verse 14 it says, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. And this is, this is, this is what we, we anticipate, that the presence of the Lord will be so strong. We don't need to see a cloud, but we'll feel his presence. Amen. His presence filling the house that we will not need to, I mean, and everybody will just bow before the king of glory. And this is the kind of thing that I'm anticipating. This is the kind of thing I believe God wants to do in our midst that we will become, we will, you know what? It's like we will say, God, we, we welcome you. It's like we change, we, we reorientate ourselves. We change our thinking. I will say, God, from this moment on, we want to treat you special. We have been treating you special, but we want to take it higher. We want to treat you special. We want to welcome your presence. We want to make everything comfortable for you. The music, the singing. But beyond that, your heart is the instrument of worship. That is what God is looking at. That you prepare your hearts to worship him. You prepare your hearts to receive him. And as we all prepare our hearts, it's like you prepare your hearts. I prepare my heart. Every single person, we all prepare our hearts. And when he comes, he says, oh, this is a place where we have prepared hearts. And he feels the atmosphere. And then he begins to release his, his power. Then he begins to release all the provision. It starts from his presence. And that's why I, all, I want us and I urge us to begin to honor his presence like never before in the house. Amen. So I just want us to say, uh, to give a worship, like Pastor was saying, a worship of yes, a total surrender to the Lord. Can we all go? One, two, three, go. One more time. One, two, three, go. So now we're going to rise up and we're going to shout the last yes. Are we ready to worship the Lord with the whole of our hearts? One, two, three, go. Yes, we say yes to God. Let's just begin to worship him. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.